I'd invite you to turn in your Bible to Proverbs chapter 17. Proverbs chapter 17. We're just going to look at the one verse there. Uh, it's so good to be out together today just to enjoy the fellowship. Even on a cold, wintry day like this, we can still rejoice and enjoy one another. Proverbs chapter 17. Verse 3 says this, The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests hearts. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Lord, for just the guidance that it gives us and it informs us, it teaches us so that we can, so that we can learn and then it yields righteousness in our lives. And I pray that that would be the case today. That it would yield righteousness. It would cause us to be, um, to, to get rid of the sin in our own life. And to be more um, pure and righteous before you. Bless our time. May we apply these things to our lives. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God is in the business of of redeeming man. That's what He does. Now, that's that's more than just getting trying to get people to heaven, right? You understand that. I think we get this false idea sometimes in our mind that, boy, God's just trying real hard to get people to heaven. If He could just get us into heaven and everything would be fine. That's not... Redemption. It's part of redemption. Paul reminds us that he is at work in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. He is actually working in our hearts right now, producing righteousness, producing righteous lives. Because if we are going to take on the name of Christ, we need to take on the character as well. And, and it's the whole package and we also know Philippians, uh, Paul tells us that he who began a good work in you, in us, will perform it. He's going to bring it to completion. He, he doesn't do a, just a half-hearted job. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't quit on us. And part of that redemption work is, is righteousness here and now in the lives of his people. That's what he wants. And that includes a refining process in our lives. It's a refining process. There's two times that uh, in Scripture that we see that God allows Satan, and it's the pretty significant times, that God allows Satan to be a part of that refining process in the lives of his servant. Two interesting stories. The first is Job. Job was a righteous man. He was obviously blessed by the Lord. He was um, had his... His health, he had his family, he had wealth, he had land. And God draws attention to Job. Have you seen my servant Job? He asked that to, of Satan. He points Satan. He points Job out to Satan. Because I believe that God was using this, he's going to use this in Job's life as a refining process. There's a testing process that's going on there. And um, it's a refining time to, to bring about repentance, re, uh, a refining element in Job's life. That's what God does. 
Peter's the same way. Peter, one of Christ's disciples, three and a half years he followed Christ. Uh, he was a, he, we would say he was a good man, he was a righteous man, but, but he was boasting. And Christ turns to him and says, now, Peter, Satan wants to have you. He wants to sift you like wheat. And now, if it was Carl Dingus, I would say, you, you told him no, right? You can't have him. Peter doesn't, we don't see that. You got to wonder what, what Peter thinks in his mind. But Christ tells him within the next 12 hours, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. Peter is boasting, oh, everybody else will leave you. I'm not going to leave you. Boy, I'm strong. Peter had to go through a refining process. There's a testing that Peter had to go through. And he denied Christ. Denied Christ. His heart had to be exposed in that refining process, in that sifting. And God used Satan to produce that, Satan to do that. And it yielded a, a repentance. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. And there was repentance in Job's life as well. And Solomon, he gives us a glimpse of this refining process where he, he brings it to our attention here. And he gives us a picture, if you will, or an illustration of how God works in the lives of his people. And it's similar to refining gold or refining silver. But he is refining the heart. He's refining the heart. Just like the heart, just like the mind needs to be renewed and Romans chapter 12, the heart needs to be refined, constantly refining and, and exposing the sin so that sin can be repented of and, and removed. And that's our point. God is in the process of refining his people for righteousness. And that, that needs to become, folks, part of our worldview. We need to begin to see life in that, in that realm. That, that God is, is refining us. He's, he's producing in us a certain amount of stress to get the sin out of our life. That, that needs to be part of our worldview. And so we, when we ask ourselves the question, what is going on in my life? Why can't I just have an easy life? I mean, do you ever ask that question? I do. But why, Lord, can we not just have a, a day when everything goes right? What is God doing in our life? What does He want from me? If He would just tell me what the problem is, I would get rid of it and I would be, I would be fine. Now, ultimately, the question is, is, how does God purify the heart of His children? How does He do that? There's, there's three things that I want us to observe in this passage. And uh, we want to draw some principles from them and then we'll make some applications. I think there's three elements of uh, the purification process that, that we need to keep in mind. It's going to kind of help shape our worldview so that, that we can process, folks, the things that come into our lives, the problems that come into our lives, and, and, and we can process them and see what, what is God doing and helps us get a right perspective. First of all, I want you to notice the, the person who is at work here. We're just going to stick with this one, one verse here. It says, The refining pot is for silver and the, and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests hearts. The, the only worker here that's, that is mentioned in this proverb is the Lord. And that's the word that Clifton explained to us. And that's Yahweh. 
That's the same person, the same using the same characters of letters of, in the Hebrew Hebrew vowels or the Hebrew uh, consonants. Clifton mentioned these things. It was so sacred they would not even pronounce that word, and that's where the Elohim had to come in because they wouldn't pronounce that. And then it kind of added on to those things, and it just kind of kind of grew. It was a sacred name. It was not to be even mentioned. And here we as Christians we take on that name. And all that that entails, the righteousness. Now, this is Elohim. This is, um, this is Yahweh. He is the one mentioned in Genesis chapter 1. He is the creator. He is the one that called light into existence. Let there be light. And there was light. He's the one with the, the character who is, he is a spirit. He knows everything. He is omniscient. He is omnipresent. He is sovereign. He is immutable. He sees everything. This is the God. And, and he is the one that is doing the work here, here. He is the one doing the testing on the heart. Now, the thing is, is he already knows the heart. He already knows what's in our heart, right? He's not testing it so he can find out what's in the heart. He, he, he doesn't need to know that. In fact, if you go back, chapter 15, verse 11, it says, Sheol and Abaddon lie open before the Lord. Even those secret places of the the universe that nobody even knows about, they're open to the Lord. How much more the heart of man? God knows the heart of man. There's nothing secret there. He's, He's not trying to discover what's in the heart. What he is doing is he's revealing that. This refining process is a really revealing process that exposes our own sinfulness to ourselves so that we can know that. So that it can become obvious and we can deal with that. Another thing that I want you to notice about this idea is that he is the only one that can do this job, really. He's the one that knows the heart. And and he's the one that can be intimate enough with that heart, that frail heart, to apply the right pressure the right amount of cutting at just the right point, the right amount of temperature in the heat at the right place, and he can be accurate and precise and meticulous in this. Now, that's important to me. I want it to be done right. If, he's going to, if somebody's going to examine, work on my heart, I want it to be done right. God, God was refining Peter's heart. He's refining Peter's heart. Does it? Uh, Peter didn't even really even know his own heart. Peter thought he was strong. Yeah, he says, "Oh, I'll I'll never leave you. Everybody else will leave you, but not not me." And Christ knew better. Job was a righteous man. Everybody recognized Job was a righteous man. God Himself said that Job was a righteous man, and he was. He was a righteous man, but his attitude and his perspective needed to change. There needed to be some refinement. In that and and his thoughts and attitudes needed to be to to come to the surface so he can realize those things and they can be uncovered and and be removed from his life. Another element to this, the third element to this thing is is that God is in, in, not in the role of judge here. He's not judging to destroy us. He's in the role of the purifier. And that that gives great comfort to my heart. He's in the role of the shepherd, the the savior, the father. This is not a a mission to destroy us. This is a mission to refine us. And so we come to the principle then. 
that God Himself is the one who is doing the careful work of removing the sin that is rooted in the heart of His children. Folks, that should give us great comfort. Great comfort. He takes on that responsibility Himself. He is involved in their life. He doesn't leave that up to me. He doesn't leave that up to myself. Now, am I responsible? Yes. Do I, uh, do I have to take... Uh, ownership of that and there's things that i have to do yes but god is the one who is doing that process and that's wonderful he doesn't leave it up to the angels he doesn't leave it up to the pastor he doesn't leave it up to the parents he is the one god himself yahweh the creator of the universe is involved in the hearts and the lives of his people that's amazing to me and he is a good shepherd he's a good shepherd let me remind you of that that passage in psalm chapter 23 just wonderful to be reminded of this. You know the passage, the Lord is my shepherd. And it go down to verse 3, says, He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness. That's that refining process, getting rid of the, the sin in our life. Even though, he says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Personal, intimate relationship with God. Many times, folks, I believe that we think that Christianity is just another religion. It's just a belief system. It's a list of do's and don'ts. Well, they do these things and we do these because we're Christians. And folks, it's not that at all. Christianity is a relationship. It's a relationship with the true and the living God who is holy and is righteous. And he is producing that holiness and that righteousness in our life. And he can do it meticulously. He can do it accurately. Now, if let's just use our imaginations here a little bit. Let's say the, the best heart doctor in the world, done thousands of operations on the heart, heart transplants, various kinds of operations. He is an expert on the heart. And his son needs a transplant. Do you think he's going to leave it up to somebody else? You know, if he's the leading expert, he's the one that can do it, he's going to do it, and he's going to be careful. This is his son he's working on, right? It's the same thing with us, folks. It's the same with us. It's our Heavenly Father that is working on our heart. He is the one that's, that's producing these things in our life. So let's apply this quickly. Number one, we can trust Him, right? We trust Him. He's God. Whatever He brings into your life today... Or, or tomorrow, or this week, or this year, we're beginning a new year. Whatever He brings into your life this year, you can trust Him. He's going to do what's right. And He's going to be just, bring just the right pressure. Cut just enough away. He's going to do just the right thing. Folks, we should take great comfort in that. And our faith should grow as a result. Number two, another application. If, if He is that careful and we, we take great comfort in that let me, let me show you let me show you this verse in first peter chapter one first peter chapter five i just love this verse i have to keep coming back to this verse six therefore humble yourself in the under the mighty hand of god and he will exalt you in the proper time casting all your anxiety now there's we're going to come back to this idea but casting all your anxieties on him why because he cares for you this is god he cares for you 
He's doing open heart surgery in your life, but he cares for you. He, he is a good shepherd. You can trust him. So we can take comfort in that. Another application is just that if he is doing that work in our lives, folks, we can be patient with other people. <laughs> we can know, you know, God is at work in my children's lives. He is at work in my neighbor's lives or the, if he's a, a saved person. And we can we can take great comfort in the fact of knowing that he's working in our life, but also that he's working in the lives of others. And we can be patient, we can be kind, and we can be gracious to one another, knowing that Heavenly Father is working there. He's a good shepherd. He's a good shepherd, and he's the one that's bringing righteousness to the lives of his people. Let me give you another observation here. Go back to Proverbs chapter 17. Notice the process. The Lord, Yahweh... He tests hearts. It's a testing process. The word test there means to examine. We may think of it as putting under a microscope, but it's, it's testing by putting pressure on. You, you may be called, the older you get, you may be called into the doctor for a stress test. That's the idea. Put stress on this heart to see how it's going to respond, how it's going to react. That's the idea. To evaluate its character, its quality. Expose the weaknesses. That's the reason for the refining process here. There's a uh, piano bench at our house. And I'm telling you, I don't trust the thing. It's going to fall with me one of these days. And I always put some pressure on it. I make sure I test that thing out a little bit before I sit down on it. Will it hold me? Now, God does that. He does that to the heart. And the tools that he uses, notice here, it's compared to a refining pot or a crucible. Just a little little bowl, really, that can withstand some really intense heat. Or it's a furnace that these bricks that have made up the furnace are superheated so that it would be able to withstand thousands of degrees, right? We understand that. And the purpose is to melt, and it takes a lot of heat to be able to do that because you have to separate the purity, the pure gold and silver from the impurities. I think you get the picture. Ice melts at 32 degrees. That's easy, right? That's an easy. It doesn't take that. That'd be like Peter, man. He just collapses. You know, he just boom. You know, he's just all over the place. Just melts. Just bring a little bit of pressure. Silver, now everybody's different, everybody's a little bit different. Silver uh, melts at 1,763 degrees. Now that's pretty intense heat, okay? That, that's, uh, that's heating it up a little bit. Gold, a little bit more heat, 1,948 degrees. Silver, 2,500 degrees, 2,500 degrees. It starts to glow at 900 degrees. And you add another thousand degrees onto that. That's amazing to me. That's intense pressure. That's some heat, isn't it? That's some heat. Now, the principle then, this principle I want you to notice, number two, is that God sovereignly creates, now listen, God sovereignly creates the ideal uh, disturbance, if you will, in the heart by which He purifies His children. Just the right amount, just the right temperature to bring this particular thing to light. The right, the ideal disturbance in the heart to purify his children. The heart is hard. It needs to be melted. 
It needs to be refined. It needs some intense heat to be able to remove the impurities of the heart. What tools does God use? Think about your own life. What tools has God used in your own life to, to purify, to bring some intense heat in your, in your life? It, it could be immediate circumstances, people, maybe people in your life, uh, neighbors or friends or, or even enemies, places that you've been you, you, that kind of associate with this, this event or maybe finances or jobs or even things, removing things from our, our life or heart, responsibilities, loved ones, enemies. But it, whatever that it takes to bring some heat, enough heat to create some agitation, some turmoil and frustration, causing discomfort in the heart, enough to burn away the dross, right? We understand how process and the refining process works it it has to heat up and if you've got gold and you put it in this refining pot and heat that up the dross the impurities of that gold is going to rise to the top and what you do then is you scrape off those impurities from the top and you've got pure gold more refined gold and it's stronger job took his wealth away took his wealth away took his his family away. Boy, that would be hard. Ten children took his family away. Took his health away, friends. And that's intense heat. Peter didn't take as much. It just a little peer pressure, a cold night, a little weakness in Peter's parts, vulnerability, and boom, Peter collapses. Just the right circumstances. God knows. As a heavenly father, he knows what it, what it takes. When I was, when my kids were, Young, uh, we'd take them up to the ball, uh, baseball field. They were all in ball. Throw up the ball and, and hit it to them. And depending on their age, what they can endure, what they can... I, I'd go, just a little bit of hit and just go just enough and that, that little one could catch it, right? And, and it just had to be soft enough, just the right touch. But the stronger ones, the older ones, they can handle a little bit more. So I'd hit that ball harder and it would be higher and be uh, harder to catch. With me, I remember there, there was one, one time, this, this part of this refining process in my own life, uh, just frustrated with one of my sons that's here today. I won't say which one. He's a little tight. And I was frustrated, frustrated. And, and I grabbed him up and I spanked him. And as soon as I did that, one of my sons, and I, you've heard this story, one of my, the older son, who is not here, so that, don't do the process of elimination and all that. So he looks at me and says, Daddy, you shouldn't have done that. My heart at that moment, my heart was exposed. That sin came out and, and everybody saw it and it was just there lying open and it was convicting to me, convicting. And the natural thing is to, to take the, the, the scraper and scrape the dross, scrape that sin off of my heart and, and get rid of that. And when your sin's exposed, that's what happens. That's what we do. When you hunger and thirst for righteousness, when you realize you take on the name of God. So let's apply this quickly. Number one, we, we, we've got to stop and evaluate. 
stop and evaluate when things come into our life. You, you stop and why is my heart so anxious? What is it there? What, what is frustrating me? What sin is there? What's the wrong motivation? What's the desire of my heart? Maybe, maybe what is the idol there? What do I place more important than I am, am placing God at? What I have a place is more important. Number two, I have to recognize that the testing is designed to produce heat. Folks, we cannot think that we're Christians and we're just going to go along with this Christian life and never have any problems. It's foolish. God, if, if God is your heavenly Father, you're, there's going to be this, this fire in you. There's going, to be some pro, there's going to be this process. There's going to be problems in your life that's going to produce some heat, that's going to expose your sin so that you can get rid of the sin. Right? It's just going to be there. Expect it. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. Number three, as far as application, just be careful not to despise the process. Because that's where I am. That's where I, you know, Lord, I hate this process. James, let me remind you what James says. James chapter 1. You, you know this verse. This is a, so common what we, we remind ourselves about. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Joy? Yeah. Why? Because you have the right frame of mind. God is working in my heart. Consider it joy when you encounter various trials. Why? Knowing that the testing of your faith, that's what's happening there. Burn that heart. Put some pressure on that heart that that faith may be tested. So it produces then, what? Endurance. Stronger heart. And let endurance have its perfect result in you so that you may be perfect and complete. Lacking nothing. That purification process is a good process. Don't despise the process. Don't, de- don't despise it. It's easy for us to do that. It's easy for me to do that. Consider it all joy. Consider it all joy. Then number four, we welcome that. David invited God. He says, Lord, search me, O God. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know any anxious thought in me. Know any wicked thought is a better translation in me. Folks, we don't live for just a flowery bed of ease. No spiritual growth is going to come from that. We need to know that. That flowery bed of ease, just that comfort of life... It causes spiritual stagnation. And we don't want that. That's not where we want to be. We need the testing process. God Himself does the testing and it's a process. Number three. Number three. I want you to notice the goal here. What's the goal? Go back to Proverbs 17, verse 3. It says, The refining pot is for silver and the, uh, the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the heart. The Lord tests hearts. Now, the goal is not clear there. I mean, well, let me say it again. The goal is not stated there. But is the goal clear? (laughs) I think it is. There's a refining pot for refining silver. There's a furnace for refining gold. And and there's uh, the Lord is testing the heart. The same process is there. We get the picture the heart is the target. That's where the impurities are. The, the process is refining and exposing to produce a genuine heart. The goal ultimately is to 
to uh, remove the impurities and ultimately it's to, the purpose is to, is to purify. It's for righteousness. Righteousness in the heart of His children. And, and that's the point. God's goal in the refining process is to separate and remove the sinful thoughts the sinful thoughts and the motives and the attitudes and the distrust from the heart. That's the process is to produce that, to, to get rid of those things, to be able to remove those things. Now, when gold, when, when these metals come out of the earth, their mind, the refining process begins and, and we, we heat it up and we, we melt this gold, and it begins to separate the, the, the rock, the weaker metals, those things that are in the gold, and, and we begin to, that, that gold is heavier, so it, it begins to drop down as it, as it heats up, and the refining process, the dross rises to the top, and gold becomes, and silver, and these metals become more valuable, they become more useful, they become more pure, stronger, and even more beautiful. And folks, that's the life of the believer. That's the life of the believer. You, you, you can turn that gold into beautiful rings and bracelets and necklaces and, and those kinds of things. Note the process it is exposing the heart. And it's with fire, that agitation of the heart. And that begins to then separate the sinful parts of our life, sinful parts of our heart, and separate the, the good from the bad or the better from the, the, the not so good. And the, the good kind of falls down and the, the dross kind of comes to the top and, and we skim that off. Like a goldsmith or a silversmith, God is the, the worksmith, you might say, that is refining that heart. Let me remind you of, of this again. 1 Peter 1, 7 um, says this. Let me start at verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, even though for a little while, if necessary, you have been dis- distressed by various trials. So that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, that's value. More precious than gold is perishable. Um, gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire. That's a great picture. Peter, Peter understands that refining process, doesn't he? Even though tested by fire, may be found to, to be ultimately praise and, and glory and honor. At the revelation of Jesus Christ. Ultimately, it's, it's this glory to God is the, is the ultimate goal. So, so the Lord brings fire in our life. The Lord brings enough pressure, enough intense heat in our life to start to melt. Melt that heart. So that the dross, can, those sins can come and be exposed and we can scrape those sins off. You get the process. Yesterday, I don't want to say too much. I mean, it just happened yesterday. We got a call this morning. We didn't even know about it yesterday. But yesterday, Adam and my daughter and uh, Carolyn, my daughter. <laughs> Carolyn's my daughter. Adam's my new son-in-law, right? You get it. 
They come down. They're coming to pick up two cats. Two cats. And they're going to drive seven hours with these two cats. Folks, my mind just explodes. I, that would be a nightmare to me, okay? Talk about refining the process, okay? So, so we, we say, well, let's go up to be with them uh, in the car. We can ride with them, and we'll go up to, as far as Bridgeport to see Caleb and Tiffany as well. And we ate dinner with them. We had a, a wonderful time. And just traveling can be tedious. Anything of those things in our life. We find out this morning then, Carolyn gives us a call that apparently, you know, just think about the trials in your life. Adam, you know, opens the door, cats run out. He's, somehow he breaks his, his ankle. And he spends uh, most of the night in the emergency room. I think they're going to keep him. There's going to be surgery. And I'm thinking, oh my word, this is a nightmare. It started off so good. But the Lord, it's what happens, you know. But we have a frame of reference. We know the Lord's working this out for our good, doesn't He? He, he, You know, terrible things are going to happen to you. They just are. They're going to happen to us. They're going to happen to our family. They shouldn't shock us. It's a refining process. So in this refining process, two cats in a car traveling. What's going to come to the surface is anger, bitterness maybe, jealousy. What's going to come to the surface in your life when God puts that heat in there? Who are you bitter at? Who are you jealous over? Who do you hate? That hatred is going to have to come out somehow. And there has to be enough intense heat to bring about that. Greed, covetousness. Rebellion against authority. That's going to have to come out. And it's going to come to the refining process. And He's going to have to put that fire underneath you. And that heart is going to have to be melted. And you're going to have to recognize this. This is going to be scraped off. Laziness. Pride. Self-focused. All of these things. Lukewarmness. How about a, a lack of love for God? What is it going to take... To just expose that lack of love for God in that refining process. That lack of love for others. That idea of not trusting God. God, I, I just don't, I begin to realize I don't trust you. And every time I get into this situation, I don't trust you. And that begins to rise to the top and you begin to realize that in your own mind. And, and that sin has to be removed, right? For those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for those who take on the name of of Christ, not depending upon God's word, laziness in our understanding of God's word. It really sometimes comes down to not just laziness, not really studying the word or laziness in, in understanding the sufficiency of God's word. What should it produce? Let's look at the goal just quickly. Let me remind you of, of Job, Job chapter 42 Here's Job's response. I won't read the whole. There's six verses, but I'll just read the last two, two or three. Here's what Job says. Here now. He's heard from God. He's interacted with God. And and now he's beginning to see the error of his ways. That dross has come to the top. And he needs to skim, skim off this stupid, rotten attitude that he's had. 
He says, here now, I will speak. I'm going to say something. He says, I will ask you and you instruct me. He's beginning to realize he's not in the position to stand in judgment over God. God is in the position of judging him. And he realizes that. It's a frame of mind that he had to get. In verse 5, I have heard you, heard of you, heard of you. Now think of the words. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now I see you. That's the refining process, folks. Brings us into a more intimate relationship with God. Why? Because that dross is moved out of the way. That sin is not in the, in the way anymore. And we're closer, more intimate with God. He says, therefore, he says, now I see you with the seeing my eye. I see you, Lord. Peter, the same thing. Brought into a a more rich, deeper relationship with the Lord. And Peter, and Jesus had to point this out. He, He said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter was vexed, wasn't he? Three times, Lord, you know, you, you know that I love you. You've refined my heart. There's a deeper love there. Job goes on. Therefore, he says, verse 6, Therefore, I retract all those foolish words that I said. I retract and I repent in dust and ashes. Folks, that's the right attitude. The process produces this heat in our life. And and we come to realize that, that we're sinful. It's not just one big lump of sin. No, we're sinful all throughout. These little specks of sin that need to come out and then then we can remove those sins. Repentance needs to take place. Let me just bring this to a, a close by application. Let me give you some application here. Number one, understand the goal. Understand the goal. It's a refining process to, to purify us. Ultimately, a closer relationship with the Lord. Scraping off that sin off the top and closer to God. You understand that. And then, then we have to understand the impurities of our own heart. We have to look for these things. Lord, what are you trying to teach me? What do you want me to see in my own heart? And, and folks, it doesn't take very much, usually. I'm more like Peter all the time. I just collapse. Lord, I'm so sinful. And I see there's so many little idols in my heart that rise up against the knowledge of God. Number three, we see the spiritual reality. The spiritual reality is that God is purifying us. He wants stronger faith. wants more praise to God, more intimacy with God. More good works in Ephesians chapter 2 is a wonderful passage. I'll let you look at that yourself. Next is, by way of application, can you evaluate yourself honestly? Can you evaluate yourself? Can you be trusted to it? When God exposes those sins, He puts that pressure in your life and He exposes those sins, can you be trusted to scrape it off? No, Lord, I want that sin. I want to keep a hold of that sin. No, you scrape off that sin. You scrape off the dross off the top. And Can you be trusted? Can you evaluate yourself? And you say, yes, Lord, I see that sin. And Lord, I want to remove that sin. And continue to work on me until that sin is, is gone. Another thing, do you trust God? Do you trust God and God's Word? Are you stronger in your faith this year than you were last year? Is there more endurance, like James would say? Another application is, this should cause us to pray. 
more. And be more dependent. Lord, You search my heart. You examine my See, let me know if there's any wicked way in me. We pray like David did. And you ask yourself, do I really need to panic every time something comes into my life? Do I need to, to react and overreact? Oh, life is completely out of control. No, we understand what's happening. It's, Lord, what do you want to show me? Lord, thank you for this opportunity to, to examine my own heart. God, He is the worker. He is in the process of refining and testing. And it's for the purification of the heart of His children. And God can be trusted to do that. God is in the process of refining us, folks. Refining us for righteousness. We can trust Him. We don't have to panic. Let me give you one more last example. We'll close with this. What about Joseph? That poor guy, his whole life was messed up. From from young boy. How did he process these things in his life? I mean, talk about refining process. He had it. And every stage of his life seemed to be a process of refining. But here's what he said. Here's, here's Job's quote, or Joseph's quote. Joseph. He says to his brothers, he says, You meant it for evil, but God meant it for what? For good. For good. That worldview changes everything. If Joseph went into Potiphar's house, if he went into that jail cell, if he went into that slave market, with that in mind, God means this for good. That changes everything, doesn't it? If we can face the troubles and the trials, the the problems of life, turmoils of life, and we can say, Lord, I know you mean it for good. Lord, expose the sin in my own heart so I can carry it away. Folks, that's the right perspective of life. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank You for Your your grace and Your kindness. Lord, for Your Word. And just, just letting us see throughout Scripture how You work in the life of Your children. It's nothing new. You, you worked the ancients, Job, Joseph, and their life. And Lord, You're doing the same thing in our life today. Just refining we can trust you. Lord, help us to do our part of recognizing our own sinfulness and as you bring it to our attention, removing it from our life, repenting, sometimes in, in deep regret and, and weeping. But Lord, may it result in more praise and glory to you. May it result in strengthening our faith, stronger faith, more glory and good works for your for you for your namesake and we pray in Jesus name amen